Today, we want to give you 10 simple but powerful ways to court your spouse in everyday moments. Now, this isn't going to be about, you guys need to go out for dinner or you should go see a movie. Not that kind of courting. We're talking today about ways of being together. It's deeper, but still very concrete. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody, this is episode number 54, and we're going to be talking about courting your spouse because there's this little reality about marriage. People say, Marriage is hard work. And certainly for guys like myself, it is. But what do you mean by that? Not about yourself, but like (laughs) marriage is hard work. Well, I think what they're saying is that couples need to sort of, well, not sort of, they need to continuously engage in like those behaviors and um, actions that promote the health of their marriage bond. Mm, Like their love muscle. Yeah. You need to keep working that muscle out. Yeah. That's, uh, and that takes hard work. Just like developing real muscles takes hard work. Right. Which is why I try not to get too involved with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so your love, love muscle, you got to use it or lose it. So I guess today is going to be like being at the gym, complete with some supplements, a little bit of cardio and some strength training <laughs> for that love muscle. And in fact, we even have a worksheet you can download. We'll talk about that further in a moment. Berlinda, there's this little proverb written by King Solomon that speaks to this, uh, embedded in a fairly steamy passage of scripture and he says rejoice in the wife of your youth and i just think that kind of encapsulates what we want to cover in this show because we want our audience like to be able to delight in their spouse Mm -hmm. and to invest in each other to really enjoy each other yeah hey before we get there yes we have an itunes review and i really enjoy the candor it's great five stars from e palsma from canada on march 28th he says Thanks for your podcast. It makes me think every week. So short and sweet. So thanks for that kind review. And we're glad we're giving you content worth thinking about. Mm -hmm. I guess that's why we call this the podcast for smart people, because you're thinking about something that really matters, which is your marriage. Mm -hmm. All right, let's start with Wyverlin and then get to the 10 ways to court your spouse. So I'm starting here with research by Canary, Stafford, and Semek from 2002. Mm -hmm. And, And they just, the kind of principle behind this is that liking is the degree to which a person admires his or her spouse. Got okay. That? So yeah. liking's different than loving, yep. you would say. It's, okay. it's more about admiring. Okay. And it's made up of admiration, or sorry, af- affection and respect. Okay. Yep. Yep. So liking is the outcome or it results from what they call maintenance behaviors. And maintenance behaviors are these 10 things that we're going to get to in a few moments. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So this is the point that we need to be constantly planting these seeds or working out this muscle. So that we love can, muscle. <laughs> <laughs> so we can keep growing, right? So if you stop planting those seeds or you stop working that muscle out, you're going to wake up one day and there's nothing there to nourish your marriage. That's not good. Yeah. And at that point, you're also months away from turning that around. So it's like- right. It's like a growing season. Yeah. You want to keep this going, right? Yep. So we really want to think of our marriage as having a year round growing season where we're planting new seeds every week. So we have a constant harvest of love and romance. That's good. Mm -hmm. But another factor here is commitment. So the planting and the harvesting part of this sort of imagery that we're working with, it takes commitment. Just like going to the gym takes commitment. Yeah. 
Uh, but it also creates commitment. How's that? Because you get a great thing going. You know, if you have an awesome garden, you're going to keep the garden going. If you have a fit body, you're going to want to keep that going. Oh, okay. Yeah. Too, right? So if you have an awesome marriage, you just want to keep it going. Right. So the part we really want to emphasize is that need to engage continually in maintaining our marriage. Because what these researchers are pointing out is that things start to decline quickly as soon as that maintenance behavior stops. Like when you start taking it for granted and just... Yeah, when you start sitting on the couch, Mm. you're going to get flabby. So is your marriage. (laughs) So let me bring in one more piece of research here by Wilcox and Dew in 2012. They looked at the value of date nights as part of the National Marriage Project that they were working on. They found this. Husbands and wives who engaged in couple time with their mates at least once a week were approximately three and a half times more likely to report being very happy in their marriages as compared to those who enjoyed less quality time with their spouse. Hmm. Interesting. So just by being deliberate and creating these times together... Happiness resulted. Yeah. But I think like that's part of commitment too, right? Like you want to spend this time with me. And yeah. so I feel like you Special. like me. Yeah. Special. <laughs> okay. So we're very serious about helping you, our audience, to create this quality time. So we have created a bonus worksheet that we'd like to send you to help work through the content of today's episode. And what you need to do is text the word podcast to nine two nine two spouse message and data rates may apply once again all you need to do is text the word podcast to 9292 spouse just type 9292 in the word spouse in the two line on your smartphone for the phone number and the word podcast into the text message and we'll get you set up with this bonus content and it's a great little worksheet i do have to admit you did a great job on it oh thanks okay so what I we're think gonna... i might download it too really yeah well i think you should work on it <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) All right. So this whole business of marriage being hard work, well, it's good hard work. Yeah. Right, Verlinda? And, you know, it can be fun and joyful to create this kind of marriage. Absolutely. And I think that's what you and I have really found is that, well, it hasn't made our marriage perfect or free from stress or times of frustration with each other. Most of the time, though, you and I are actually having a pretty darn good time together. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. Like we enjoy bad words. Oh, sorry. Darn. Oh. A great time together. Yes. Mm-hmm. No more knitting. <laughs> Get it? It's just saying how much we enjoy knitting. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Now that I've been corrected, we will proceed. Oh, give me a break. All right. What's your 10 ways, honey? Okay. Here we go. So these aren't just 10 ideas we're pulling out of a hat. These are 10 ideas pulled out of empirically validated research. This stuff does work. It will make a difference in your marriage. Number one, mm-hmm. be generous. Like buy you lots of presents? No. So this is from a study in 2013 found in the Journal of Marriage and Family. And it's not surprising this comes up again. We talked about this in episode 45, the top five predictors of marital satisfaction. It was number three on that list to to show generosity. This is giving good things to one's spouse freely and abundantly. Not necessarily, or mostly not, jewelry or expensive vacations, but things like service and affection. Like noticing and commenting on your spouse's good qualities, like forgiving your spouse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this generosity is a willingness to reflect on your spouse's strengths and work around weaknesses and serve him or her. Okay. So like giving behaviors. Yes. That will nurture the good, I guess. That's right. And make Make it it grow. Yes. 
And so the study found that as generosity increased in marriages, so did marital satisfaction. And also that conflict decreased and the perceived likelihood of divorce decreased. Just by being generous to your spouse. Yes. Wow. That's pretty good. It's a critical one. Mm -hmm. All right. Number two, be sacrificial. So this is kind of like the above, but this is from a 2010 article on psychological science. And they talked about this idea of a communal relationship, which flows from generosity, but it's the giving of benefits when a spouse is in need. And there's no expectation that you're going to immediately reciprocate. So no strings attached. Yes. Like I'm, I'm giving you coffee in bed and there's no expectation of anything back from you as a result. Hmm, That would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is for our audience, not for you. So this is no strings attached sacrifice. Right. So if you're going to do this, what you have to do is you you have to keep better track of your spouse's needs, like, or likes. Likes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because they found that the higher individuals were in this communal strength toward the romantic partner, the more they experienced positive emotions during daily sacrifices, the more they felt appreciated for their efforts, and the more they reported high relationship satisfaction on days when they made sacrifices. Hmm. So, so they're more satisfied themselves yes. when they sacrifice yes. their spouse. Yes. Oh. And also they found it lifted their mood and their self-evaluations. That's neat. It is. And it's really the truth of what the Lord Jesus taught when he said that it's better to give than to receive. Yeah. But this is putting this into practice right in your marriage. I think if the truth be told, most of us bring a lot of entitlement to our marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, what we expect to get out of it, what we want from it. Yes. And that sounds like it's totally the wrong way to create the marriage you love and enjoy being in. Right. Think about it as what you can give. Rather than what you can get. Yes. Hmm. That's good. So when that goes on, that's a good segue to number three, which is be grateful. And this is an important corollary to the above. Corollary? (laughs) Sorry, what did you say? (laughs) You just say it. (laughs) Just explain it. It's a conclusion that follows from the previous conclusion or builds on it. So if you're going to be sacrificial and experience this, given, you know, if you're going to give and experience your spouse giving to you, being grateful is a part of it. Because gratitude helps remind us of the good qualities in our spouse. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Because we're actually vocalizing them. Yeah. Yep. And the research points out that on days where, you know, one spouse expresses more gratitude and says, thank you a lot. The Mm -hmm. other spouse felt more satisfied with the relationship. Because they're being thanked. Yeah. Okay. It's just that feeling of being appreciated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Such a simple thing. Yeah. Just kind of noticing those little positives and acknowledging by saying, hey, thank you. Right. You know, we just, we take that stuff for granted. Yeah. Right. So this is, sometimes we just need that kind of little smack upside the head to say, hey, be grateful. So Without the smack, but yeah. When you can be grateful for the smack if you need it. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Number four, be open. And this is the idea of discussing your relationship. Can we stop for a minute? Yeah. Like we joke about a smack upside the head. Yeah. But there's some people out there that would experience that. Oh yeah. That's not good. No. So you're not talking literally about smacking me across the head. I think we need to be clear on that. Okay. Like that's not okay. No, correct. All right. Number four. Be open. Smacking upside the head is not acceptable. (laughs) But discuss your relationship and like the relationship itself. Rather than what you're doing tomorrow or the kids. Well, that's good too. Like we need daily interaction, but let's talk about our relationship sometimes and share the thoughts and feelings that you enjoy about it. This is almost being the grateful piece we just talked about. It is. It's one very specific yeah. Part of it though, right? So often the things we think we need to hide 
to protect our spouse from our pain or worry are the very things we need to share in order to bring us closer together. Yeah. We just went through this. Yeah. We've seen this in couples where, you know, they're not, they're they're trying to hide their anxiety from their spouse. Yeah. So then the other spouse is doubly worried because, you know, spouse A is all withdrawn. And they know something's wrong. And they know something's wrong. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's just going in the wrong direction. So we want to really foster that attitude of openness. Yeah. Because we say we want a soulmate, but when we internalize and we don't verbalize, we don't put it out there, we're just creating a roommate. No, you don't want a roommate. You want a soulmate. Yes. So to do that, you need to bury your soul. Yes. Scary, but worthwhile. Yep. All right. Number five, be positive. And this is in the, not so much gratitude, but in the sense of assurances. It's a little Mm -hmm. different than gratitude. So these are things like compliments. Okay. Or assurances. Like, I'll always love you. Mm, yeah. And, you know, expressions of love. Yeah. Just saying, I love you. Right. Like doing the whole, oh, I show it in by my actions. Yeah. Well, that's great, but we need to hear it too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Verbalizing your commitment. hmm And giving voice to your affection. I love it when you do this, or I love how you say that, or right. those kinds of things, right? Yeah. So anything you can say to sort of clearly send a signal... That this relationship has a future. That's good stuff. Uh, Yeah. That's courtship happening Mm -hmm. in daily moments. All right. Number six, be together. And this is, this is the idea of sharing a lot of stuff. Okay. Like tasks. So things you're doing together, everything from that end of the spectrum to right through to social networks. So how do I want to put this? It's kind of like, you know, that you're really moving through life with a sense of us. Yes. So yeah. you you share social networks as much as possible. I don't mean like Facebook. I mean like you have mutual friends, like real life friends, ones yeah. that you can pinch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you pinch your friends. Well, I mean, as opposed to like, I, I have you. 500 friends on Facebook. We'll right. Do, yes. right. Yes. And this is like including family and activities together. And then as well, Verlinda, like doing stuff together is just the idea of sharing tasks. Like doing the dishes. Yeah. It's, you know. Or painting the house. Instead of. Seeing that as like a chore and distasteful, think of those as moments you can be together. Yeah. Moments you can serve your spouse. Enjoy the pain together. <laughs> Enjoy the pain. <laughs> like tiling the kitchen. There's a reason why it's called pain ting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So now, you actually court your spouse yeah. by doing stuff together. Not yes. just the dates and the dinners yes. and the holidays. Yes. But the stuff. Yes. Bingo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you sense my agreement? Now, I just think though, Verlinda, if you have to do everything together or else one or both of you feels there's something wrong, then you're enmeshed. Right. That's different. Yeah. So, you know, that signals a vulnerability in the relationship that's most likely centered on strong anxiety about the relationship. Yeah. But doing a lot of things together and finding joy and meaning purpose in many of those things is a great way to court each other. Okay. And it actually frees you up to have your alone times as well. Because you've had so much good time together. Yeah. You don't mind if your spouse, if your wife has a ladies night out, go for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Number seven, be playful. So I was glad to find this in the research because, you know, we've come across some married couples who value that you should never tease or poke fun at each other. Yeah. And, and That's you know, maybe. so boring. Yeah. I mean, obviously they don't find it boring. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the research articles pointed out that playfulness is one of the first casualties of a busy life. If it's just work, 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 pay the bills, clean, sleep, whatever, then you have no play. So you got to, you got to keep it alive by having some fun and and joking around and using silly nicknames. Like when I call you 
Never, never mind. Yeah, never mind. But, you know, even our blooper section that we play after the show is over sometimes. You know, it's obviously, it's not playful all the time. Yeah. But we have some good bantering going on. It keeps things upbeat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, but even beyond, you know, teasing and I, this is like our teasing is respectful. Right. And like silly nicknames is different than calling names. Yeah. And there's no edge to what we're doing. So I think we should just kind of qualify that. It's not like, you know, I don't know how to have a conversation about the fact that I think you're putting on weight. So I'm just going to call you names that kind of allude to it. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, we're not talking about that. This is just good, wholesome, healthy, you know, leg pulling, chain yanking, whatever you want to call it. Got it. Got it. So another article I saw just on that note before we leave, Rinder, pointed out that couples who engage in novel activities that are fun, active, or otherwise arousing, and I, I mean arousing in the terms of engaging. Okay. Yep. From hiking to dancing to travel to card games, you know, whatever kind of cranks the tractor, they enjoy higher levels of relationship quality. So part of just courting is just together. learning fun things to do together hmm. that you both enjoy. Yeah. Good? Yeah. Number eight. Notice, it's be aware, be aware, okay? okay? Notice what's new about your spouse. So we are Mm -hmm. all in a constant state of change. And when I say notice what's new about your spouse, I don't necessarily mean the gray hairs. (laughs) (laughs) We're like positive, right? Yeah. But we get so familiar with each other that, you know, we can stop really noticing our spouse and start to think that our spouse is just this fixed, static entity. And that's kind of boring. Yeah. Because people do change. Stuff goes on in life. And, you know, there's these core values, beliefs, those keep us grounded, but we're always challenged and stretched and poked at by our environment. And just, I think it's such a good thing to be aware and to watch and notice how our spouse is responding to the world that they live in. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I see you trimmed your beard. <laughs> That's a really deep example of this. I guess it'd be better for you to say that than me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you <brat>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. I was just noticing the good and reinforcing it. Thanks, honey. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I was uh, being playful. Right. Good job. Okay, so we want to be aware and verbalize what we see and admire. Like my trimmed beard. <laughs> Number nine, be a poet. This is not something I've done in a while, but it did get me thinking. Oh. Yeah, just thinking, not writing. <laughs> but a University of Texas study found that when participants wrote about their relationships... For 20 minutes at a time, for three days, they were more likely to be together three months later. These are dating relationships. Dating, yeah. Okay? okay. But the lesson is still there. Because in these relationships, they also expressed more positive emotions in instant message conversations with, with each other, like texting. Mm-hmm. Because the, the writing had prompted more good feelings about the relationship. Hmm. So their point is, hey, the next time you think fondly about your partner, write those thoughts down. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Even a sticky note. No, let's make this simple and accessible. Get a sticky note, write some warm, fuzzy thought on it, and stick it on your spouse's mirror or under their pillow or in their lunchbox or somewhere they're going to find it. Yep. Hmm. So I need to go look for sticky notes today? Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. Number 10, be touching. Oh, I like this one. I mean, like holding hands. Okay. Yeah, that almost got really awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We've talked in the past about oxytocin. Mm -hmm. So when people in love are are holding hands, uh, back massage, cuddles, kissing, hugging, Mm -hmm. just kind of 
close to each other on the couch, whatever, Mm -hmm. there's oxytocin going on, which is that love drug that's naturally produced by our bodies. Mm -hmm. So just think about ways that you can be like a back massage or cuddles or hand holding. Make sure you check out episode 24, how to hug your way to a better marriage. We talk about the six second hug there. Mm Mm-hmm. And all that gets that love hormone going, reduces stress that you're experiencing, and increases bonding. Mm-hmm. So just a reminder, this is another courting thing you can do in your marriage. Be touching. Yeah. Do you know what's really funny? What? Is we were at a conference a few weeks ago, and someone was walking behind us, and they're like, oh, well, I'm glad you listened to your own advice. It was kind of like, um, pardon me? They're like, well, you hold hands all the time. Oh. I just thought, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I used to hate it when my parents held hands all the time. Yeah. Anyways. Well, we just have to pass that on to our kids and bug them too. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's our 10 ways. Now, once again, we've created a bonus worksheet we'd like to send you to help you incorporate these into your marriage. What you need to do to get that sheet is to text the word podcast to 9292 spouse. Message and data rates may apply. Once again, all you need to do is text the word podcast to 92. 92 spouse. You can just type that in 9292 and the word spouse in the two line on your smartphone and the word podcast into the body and we'll get you set up with this bonus content. Yeah. So I think what we've seen here is that you don't have to go on a date to date each other. Yeah. You know, the big holidays are nice. Absolutely. I Can I jump in there? Yeah. I was just talking to a friend who said he'd forgotten what it was like to get away for a week from all responsibility and just kind of date his wife. And they had such a great time. That's awesome. That was his response, right? Yeah. Because he's just so busy with work and kids and family. And, and that's all good stuff. We need to do that. But he'd forgotten this other part. And so we want to bring that back into the daily part of our lives. Yeah. Like what if we could weave all that good mojo that happens on a supper date or a vacation mm-hmm. into the everyday fabric of our marriage? Yeah. Absolutely. So you can court your spouse anytime by your words or actions. You don't have to go somewhere warm and sunny. Although well, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You can create that warmth and sunshine right inside your marriage. Every day. Uh, That just gives me the warm fuzzies. Yeah, that's good. All right. That's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 54. Remember, we're here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. So if this was helpful to you, we'd love it if you could help us spread the word and share this with others you know who would also be blessed by it. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. People say marriage is hard work. And for people like me, that's certainly true. Oh, give me a break. (laughs) 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 But what do you mean by that? What I mean, we, not about your personal marriage. Why it's so hard for me? <laughs> no. This, this is only a 20-minute podcast. <laughs> but why is marriage hard work? Can you sit still? You're squeaking your chair like oh, mad. I just have to unroll my pants. You have to unroll your pants. <laughs> okay, I'm good now. Okay. Are we all good? Do you think I should get a different chair? Maybe. Okay. Why don't you pause? Oh! Nice. <laughs> why don't you pause that? No animals were hurt in the making of this podcast. Oh, we think. Except me. Except that I'm not an animal. <laughs> <laughs>